And we're back. This is Model Behavior. I am Michael G. Gable, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. This week's guest was wondering if only models listen to this podcast, and I don't think that's the case. I do interview a lot of models and people who are in the modeling industry just to hear the story of how they started, how they got better, what they like about it, what they don't like about it. But I also just sort of trust my gut and talk to people that I'm interested in for other reasons. And I have gotten some feedback that people do like to hear those stories, whether it's from models or non-models. I think um, there's something to sharing your origin story. And maybe that's why all these superhero movies are origin stories now, because it's cool to figure out where people came from. And a lot of times this... this um, The journey of this podcast is just the journey of my life uh, week to week. Um, I I was thinking about starting a podcast. I had sort of settled on the modeling angle. And then I listened to Mark Maron's 1000th episode, which he did with his producer, Brendan, who when they were setting up their podcast, they sort of thought of it as one man's journal with guests. And I like to journal. I uh, was in a really good routine of journaling every morning before um, I did anything, before I looked at my phone, just getting my daily pages in and just like kind of clearing my brain. And now it's a little more erratically scheduled dealing with um, a much fuller life. But this has kind of been my journal. This podcast has been my weekly journal and it sort of tracks what I've been up to and who I've been talking to. And uh, this episode is no different. In this episode, I talk to Michael Gabriel. That's right. I am Michael Gable. He is Michael Gabriel. And we've seen each other at audition sign-ins numerous times. There's definitely been some confusion between the two of us, which we talk about in a pretty funny story on this episode. But he's someone I also met through my comedian friend, Joe Carden. Um, Michael does commercial acting. He's done a lot of comedy, improv, and sketch through UCB. He's directing a film, and he has his own podcast about beer, which I I like beer. So I've listened to that podcast and it's really fun and actually really educational. There is way more than I realized you could know about beer. So you should check that out. We talk about that. It's called Malt Couture. And Mike's a, he's a cool guy. I'm glad that I trusted my gut in inviting him onto the podcast because we have very parallel lives, not just the fact that our names are two letters off. We... um came from similar places, had similar trajectories, are in similar places in our, you know, LA paths. And it was just great to kind of bounce ideas back and forth. And I had a great time. So I hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Michael Gabriel. Same year that uh, Joe was. Joe is the same year as me in college. I took I took the scenic route, so it took nice. me a yeah. a year and a quarter longer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you went to uh, Dartmouth. Dartmouth, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think Joe, Joe and I. That's how we first uh, connected because we were both like, oh, what do you, Ivy League did you attend? Do which Ivy League did you attend? Uh, I went to Yale. 
Oh boy, yeah. that whole Yale thing. Uh yeah, but it's also I played football there. That's oh really? I got in. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then I quit. <laughs> so I basically like kind of slid my way in there. Yeah, there's a Are lot. Are we of recording? People... Oh, we're recording. Buddy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's a lot of people who get into good schools for sports and then quit immediately. For and sure. It's like a hack. You can just quit and then you're like, you're in. It doesn't it's... matter. I mean, I will, you know, I'll write a book about it. You know, I will tell everyone how yeah. they can do it. It's just step number one is like building a time machine. And stop being like in your late twenties and thirties, and uh, yeah, go back and uh, uh, make it happen. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I, I think as you were probably well aware, what school you went to doesn't fucking matter. Oh, people don't even know where Dartmouth is. No, and I don't care. I I mean, people ask me where to go to school. I say New Hampshire, and they yeah. they're like, okay, cool. Where's New Hampshire? Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, Californians are yeah. fucking weird. Um, and it doesn't like I've never used my resume. I've never used anything. You know, no, no. If anything, it's only been like worse. And it's like, oh, like you went to well. You think you're special? I was like, yeah. Literally, I just want to flip your burger, please God. I need to eat. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think my parents are probably upset with uh, life decisions, but no, they're not. They don't give a shit. They're not. I think the one thing about uh, that happened when I was at Yale, I realized that like nothing matters, mm-hmm. and you know, you just do what you fucking want. Yeah, and that's why i end up just like accepting this reality did you were you in the drama school at yale no no but there were a lot of uh there's a lot of overlap there's like teachers that did both yeah and i did a couple that like a couple of those but i was focused more so on comedy and in fact i took a couple of the acting classes there Mm -hmm. and embarrassed myself yeah like whole stop well acting at the beginning is embarrassing yeah yeah well, there was, well, uh, I think it's it, always embarrassing. It, it truly is. And I didn't really realize it. Like, I, I think when you, if you are not, uh, if you didn't grow up doing theater and performing in that specific way, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that you look at the final product of like, you know, I don't know, like Willem Dafoe acting. I was like, man, that's number one, great actor. Number two, I could probably do that. Yeah. And so I think that's where I was coming from for a long time. And so, when I started acting, I, I could probably like emulate what yeah. I was supposed to do yeah. without knowing how to actually do it myself. Right. And so that's what I was essentially doing. And just like teachers would get so pissed off. It's like, no, no, no. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Be the character. Not. You yeah. Know. Don't pretend to right. be a character. Don't. Yeah. It's hard to describe. It's like, um, it's like acting versus really playing yeah. in the you know what is it they always say like uh living truthfully under imaginary circumstances yeah which is like i remember when i first took an acting class i was like what the fuck is that yeah and then you realize like oh no like you're the whole like think the thoughts like you're transforming yourself yeah. into another person and there are actors who can pull off like allison janney talks about how uh-huh. she's like i don't know about method she's like i just think about what that character would say how their face would look and i do it and like she pulls that off like totally. she fakes it and it works and she wins oscars but most people i think have to like be in the moment you know yeah i mean the the i think the realization that i've had within the last year or so is that like you can play yourself. Yeah. You know, you can play yourself pretty easily. And as long, I mean, you know, it's not that easy. There are people that are just like, all right, lights are on. They're like, 
hey everyone i'm just like yeah. why did you do that but you well there's like seth rogan and paul right. rudd who are like that's kind of who you are you yeah know? no for yeah. sure and i think that's especially when you're doing comedy that's kind of the goal i mean yeah. but and so I think that's the realization I've had over the last couple of years is like, oh, like I'm not going to be fucking Willem Dafoe. Like, yeah, I don't care about like having, you know, some really like soul searching just like, oh, like I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Christian Bale thing. <laughs> yeah. Although he says he's done with that. He's done losing yeah. and gaining weight, which is probably yeah. a smart move. Oh, because for sure. I don't know how the fuck he does it. It's not good for your health either. And you know, I, we've talked a lot in recent episodes about like whether i want to pursue serious acting and my, uh, my sort of realization is no yeah. like i want to be myself yeah and be you know work on things that are more in line with being the best version of myself versus being the best version of some character i can play for sure like a christian bale or whatever like sounds like a cool lifestyle don't think it's for me i have enough like demons to deal with on my own that mm-hmm. i don't need to be dealing with more demons that are from somewhere else so for sure that's that's that. But we'll, so we're going to get into your trajectory. This podcast, just a conversation, Great. but there is one question that opens it up. Mm-hmm. And that question is, what were you doing when you were seven years old? What was I doing when I was seven? Uh, probably not much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I was, so I was in Ohio. Okay. And uh, what grade is that? It's like first, second grade. First, second grade. Uh, I was, uh, man, I was, you know, bright, full of energy, very charismatic, seven-year-old i can see that um and uh probably was not playing a lot of sports at that point which is something i definitely got into later on and uh yeah just like big imagination like very Mm -hmm. creative i i definitely was like a a bit of a a clown even back in the day yeah yeah actually going back to my probably my first time that i ever remember uh performing was uh there was in fisk first grade uh this is a uh, miss powell's class mm-hmm. uh there was a tree uh and everyone had apples on the tree yeah and that's how the uh, behavior was tracked okay. and like if you were a bad kid you took your apple off the tree oh yeah and uh i remember that my uh the teacher miss powell was just like michael that's you know that's a no-no you go take your apple off the tree and i just straight up like perform i was like Miss Powell, if i take my apple of that tree my dad's not gonna allow me to go to cub scouts tonight <laughs> so if you can please just let me leave it on i'd really appreciate it and she was like all right you can keep it on so, so it worked yeah yeah you so, were a convincing performer yeah yeah even back grade. then yeah um so yeah i was a bit of a class clown what what city know how'd you grow up in columbus columbus okay i have a lot of family in cincinnati but mm-hmm. i'm from the midwest missouri yeah and i was definitely like bit of a class clown but i got away with it because i was also pretty bright yeah um so my teachers were like okay like turn in your work and then like goof off but i definitely had a lot of parent teacher conferences on the side yeah do you have siblings yeah i have a uh, older sister and then a younger brother and sister who are twins Ooh, okay so yeah. you're technically a middle child kind, kind of, of middle yeah i mean essentially that's how it uh it works out yeah yeah i, I think i definitely inhabit that archetype you right because the... you're not the oldest you're not the baby yeah so you're like what can i do to get my touches? exactly yeah, yeah. and I, i'm i'm the only one that kind of left the midwest my older sister's in chicago now and mm-hmm. uh younger brother sister is still in ohio yeah you know it's uh it, it is a weird it's a weird thing where you know for me like leaving ohio was kind of a given upon yeah doing all these things and i don't even think that it was 
it w- definitely wasn't like my parents design or just like like we're gonna groom one child yeah. to like you know do get out of here and stuff but part of that was you know i was out of like my siblings i was kind of the one that you know i was playing football yeah. competitively i played in college yeah you drank your milk became a big boy exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah that's how that's basically how you know you kind of get out of there and i'm i was from like a you know middle class environment it wasn't just like man i had to get off the streets yeah it was just like things could have been fine yeah but i just remember this part this time in uh high school when i think i was uh i was visiting the east coast and i saw georgetown mm-hmm. university mm-hmm. and i was like holy shit this exists like yeah it was just like really eye-opening i was like wow like i didn't realize that there was more out there than sort of like you know the midwest yeah shit you know yeah i mean coming from the midwest as well and like you see that sort of like new england old school way of education and it's mm-hmm. very aspirational and like mm-hmm. you know i didn't come from a family where it's like oh you'll definitely go to dartmouth and like you know yeah. i worked for it and i you know it was i aspired to it and i got into it so was it football that pushed you towards like you know getting into the best school you could or was it it was i think it definitely was partially um like my my dad mostly he yeah. uh, he played basketball at virginia okay and so there was always in the sort of like backdrop of growing up it was just like like play sports go to good school and like he's someone that like i don't know what other people's parents are like but just like do they is it just retelling like your glory days stories yep (laughs) yep i think that's basically what being a parent is um but like he was just like yeah i mean i could have gone to you if i wanted to but like you know it was a different time and like my parents saw us like you know people smoking weed in the quad so i i didn't go i was like all right dude well that's really funny because my dad always my dad went to dartmouth so i went to dartmouth and he always talks about how he he got into some special class at virginia yeah where they have like special dorms and he's like i could have gone to virginia but i you know i don't know why he didn't but that's funny that like there's parallels there so he definitely always talked about his glory days and then i tried to relive relive them to Uh (laughs) not i don't know if the results were the same but yeah mine mine certainly weren't but um (laughs) But, you know, I think part of it is uh, when you are that young and you don't really know what you yourself care about, you know, you become like this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of sort of like other people's design. Yeah, yeah. And like what is success? Because you don't know what success is to you because you don't know who you are yet. Totally. So you're like, well, I'm going to go towards the most successful thing I can achieve within the bounds of myself and what everyone else thinks is successful. Yeah. Getting into a good college is one of those things. And then a lot of my friends, you know, they're like, okay, so what's next? Get into a good med school, get into mm-hmm. a, a consulting job, get into an eye banking job. Right. I sort of boxed myself out of all those tra- tracks by mm-hmm. my grades weren't the best in college. And I just didn't have an interest in like, you know, science or anything that would get me into med school. Right. So did you go into college with this specific tract in mind or was it like we'll see what happens i went in thinking i was gonna do like literally anything else besides end up where i am now yeah <laughs> and i started off uh thinking that was gonna be like an econ major Me too. yep <laughs> and because that's sort of what the other football players were doing and Get so that i was making like, job make a ton yeah. of money and i was like sounds good to me i like money that's yeah. cool and then i started taking uh an actual econ class. And I was like, 
I think the first like midterm or something like that, I got like a 30% on. I was yeah. like, huh. Was it, it would say that, that graph with all the different like diminishing supp- returns, yeah, supply and demand, like that, yeah, and all that yeah. shit. And I was like, oh, this isn't for me, right? Yeah, <laughs> and because I the first time that I realized I was in trouble is like I went into a uh, a study session with all these people, just like it's like fuck, fuck, fuck. What are we gonna do? And I was like, guys, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> and flash cut, you know, to a week later, and I get the thirty, and they get like they get like sixties. I mean, like it's it's a tough class yeah. to begin with. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was definitely out of my element there, but you know, I I think during college is like the first time that you're allowed to be on your own and, you know, kind of like, you know, in some ways, depending on how you grew up, uh, it's the first time that you get to really make your own decisions. Yeah. And so I think there, that was the first time that I was like away from this, uh, sphere of influence of not just my parents, but kind of like. I found other people that were different than what I did, you know, not necessarily athletes, but Mm -hmm. really creative people that were still very intelligent and like, you know, great at what they did, you know, uh, musicians, actors, comedians. And those are the people that I definitely uh, connected with way more than the athletes that had been my access point basically my entire life up to that point. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. We, we talked on that last episode with Tara about how she modeled abroad and just mm-hmm. getting out of like your comfort zone and having that sort of cultural isolation. And it can be as like, you can scale it down to just moving from the Midwest to an Ivy League school and like, oh, everything's different. Everything mm-hmm. I thought was important has maybe shifted. And mm-hmm. I'm a football player, but I'm talking to this guy who's a drama major. Mm-hmm. And how does that make me feel? So it seems like you shifted away from econ and for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I uh after econ, I started taking more history classes and still at that point I was like, oh, like I'll probably go to law school or yep. something like that. And that uh did not happen, although <laughs> I did I was studying for the LSAT at one point out here. Um and good for you for not doing that. Yes. A lot of people are like I'm just going to law school, man. I'm giving up. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah. Or do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a friend recently that is like studying and already took the LSAT and yeah. stuff. And it's just like, fuck, man. Goodbye. It's tough. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but uh, eventually I was like, what else do I really care about? And to me, that was uh, film. It was movies and it was something yeah. like, you know, this thing that I think, you know, I growing up, I was. Being in being from the Midwest, you don't realize that, you know, movies are an industry. It's like a yeah. thing that people actually work in. And, you know, for me, like, m- you know, the list of all those names at the end of it are just like, that's the worst part about the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I never even, like, thought about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, being from the Midwest is like movies come from space. Like, yeah. they might as well be beamed from a satellite. You're, totally. And they just show up and you're like, cool, I get to watch this thing. But yeah. it is a massive industry, show business. Yeah, and, uh, and so I think I started, uh, I, I started meeting people at college that – you know, knew that they wanted to be writers their entire life, that knew that they uh, had already directed films and stuff at that point, you know, just like totally different. And uh, and there I started doing comedy. Cool. And there was a, a short form improv group, which is the uh, best medium of comedy that there is. Short form improv. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, it's uh, it's essentially like little games. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. If you're doing it as like a fully grown adult, it's pretty hacky. Yeah. But for college, it's whatever. Well, it's like improv 101 at yeah. UCB or whatever. For sure. Yeah. And so I started doing that and started meeting these you know really funny, really talented people that were you know we were all doing comedy, but it was at that point it has not like you know. Uh, it was not like a professional thing. No, no, it's uh, just. But there, uh, like, there is some cool people on it. I remember Allison Williams. You remember from yeah. the show Girl? She was on my yeah, my cool. team uh, when I was a uh, when I joined when I was a sophomore. And um, uh, some people that are now like writers on SNL. Yeah, and Wait, is this the one where you all dress up like girls? No, what's, what's that? called that's like a certain that's a yale thing right is that a uh it might be i would have to google that maybe it's like it was in that matt damon movie <sighs> i don't know it like he was like in this improv group where they all everyone dresses in drag and uh-huh. then he became a like in the skull and bone interesting and oh I, I think i know what you're talking about yeah it may be uh i think that they're talking about tasty pudding Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is for sure a thing. Yeah, okay. There's so many different groups there that I yeah. forget now. And like, yeah, it's a weird place. There's like a lot of naked parties and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. It was <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a weird place. It's like a lot of responsibility that they give uh you know, like fucking looking back on being like being 18 you're and child. 19 and shit. You're a fucking child. You are a child. You're straight a baby. up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that is just from knowing me now. Just like, oh, like, I don't know a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely know more than I did then. Yeah. And I don't know. But so after college, like, you know, I kind of bought in to at the Ivy League. The one thing that they are good at is making you feel like you're special. Sure. And or it's not even necessarily the by design of the school. I think it is. You know, the students there, you know, it's like, you know, you if you get into this like competitive school and, you know, at some points like the uh, the differences between the people that got in didn't feel kind of uh, nominal and just like, oh, yeah, naturally, I can see how you can be like, I'm special, but. Yeah, but then you look at the person next to you and they're like, well, I started a charity in Nepal yeah. that's raised a hundred thousand. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's like, it's all. You know, it's the same as like with acting roles. Like, you got in because there probably weren't a lot of like white guys from Ohio, Ohio mm-hmm. who were good at football. Mm-hmm. But like, there were probably other guys just like you who you know didn't get the cut for yeah. like very small reasons. And it's the same with auditions, you know, for sure. And uh, you know, so I think when I first uh, moved out here, I kind of. Uh, was drinking the cooler and i was like i don't have to work i'm gonna feel like i'm gonna get a job pretty yeah. soon and you know i think that there is this uh uh re-education or or something of mostly or it's not even education it's mostly just like finding humility and you know really needing to find out who you are what you want to do yep. and like at and then at some point it's like, what is a product that I can provide that people would be interested in? Yeah. I mean, there's that element of like, you get out to LA and you realize you're not that special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, if you're a beautiful person, everyone's beautiful here. Yeah. Go to Whole Foods. Like it's a fucking oh God, fashion yeah. show. Um, if you're funny, you're not that funny. No. If you're a good writer, you're not that good a writer. 
But at the same time that you're not special, you are special. And like you said, you got to find what's that thing that no one else can offer. Yeah. You know, and you and I, you know, we just ran into each other on audition because we make our living auditioning for jobs that like work pretty interchangeable. Yeah. But at the same time, while you're making your money doing those interchangeable jobs, you got to find the the you, the yeah. thing that you can do. And so have, have you figured that out as you've been here? How For long have you sure. been in LA? How long? Uh, now over seven years. Yeah, I'm coming up on eight. So. Yeah, scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, well, they say most people leave within seven. So we've, that's made, good. we've made the cut. There we go. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think I have. And partially it's been within uh, kind of just perseverance. And, you know, so I knew that I wanted to do comedy when I was out here. And so that's what I had been doing. I started taking classes at UCB mm-hmm. and eventually other theaters and, you know, got on to UCB teams, realized that was kind of like, you know, not exactly what I wanted to do. Were you on but, the Herald teams or? Uh, I was on uh, like sketch teams, sketch yeah. teams and character teams. Yeah. Uh, so I then that's part of the path too. I realized I didn't want to do improv and I wanted to write my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that led me to sketch. And yeah, that's like, I've definitely found, you know, my community there and I'm now like directing, uh, teams and stuff like that. That's sort of more what I've been doing recently. Um, but you know, character, like, so character comedy is like essentially the most niche style of comedy that you can do. Uh, I would say the most, uh, you know, well-known version of that is like, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who does mm-hmm. Borat, yeah, like that—that's character comedy. You know, he's yeah. playing a character and taking that out into you know real life scenarios, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like that's where I'm at now. And like th- those are kind of the projects that I'm developing for myself, yeah, outside of the things I'm working on with friends and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. So the other thing that I've been doing is I have a podcast as I well, know. yeah, and it's a beer podcast. Uh, which is, you know, if I were, uh, as you know, you have to podcast, you have to have a, a, a niche, you know, you have yeah. to have like a catch and which is, uh, why I love that this one is, uh, are there like models listening to this? No, I mean, so this, this is called model behavior, yeah. but it's, it's more about just being a better person. Okay. So I just like talking to, people, yeah. talking to people who are interesting and I think are working towards, yeah um figuring their life out yeah and that's why i asked you to be on this <laughs> well i just i just hope that there would be a bunch of models listening to this and they're like beer podcast time to turn this off <laughs> like, well i've i've listened to your podcast so yeah. it's, it's called what malt couture malt couture yeah don't drink beer don't Pre- drink beer yeah presents malt couture yeah and it's a group of you guys you're yeah. all really funny your chemistry is amazing it's really well produced but like y'all are beer nerds like i For didn't sure. know how in depth you could go it's re- like yeah i was like taking notes like i need to buy this beer and like you can yeah. order them and you can trade beer and like, yeah there's a whole world to it it's crazy yeah and that is certainly something that i had no idea about yeah just how far that it can go and you know and that's something that i've for sure taken for granted as i've gone into this because like when you are in a community now that like everyone else is using the same uh you know uh vernacular and all the you know different have the same reference points Mm -hmm. naturally you're just like oh this is normal but beer and for sure other industries are fucking nuts yeah so the way that craft beer essentially works and the community of it is that 
depending on where you live, there are breweries that put out like these exclusive beers. Yeah. Or just the beers that they normally make. They don't have to be exclusive all the time. And it's almost like Pokemon cards. Like you want to collect them all. Like yeah. you want to try beers from different breweries and other regions that you don't have access to. Right. Because there's different distribution models. And even the like cool craft breweries that have really good distribution, like uh, there's a great brewery, a bunch of great breweries in Chicago, but one is called Off Color, mm-hmm. and they sell at a few places in town here. Have you been to Vendome? Mm, no. Vendome is like a, a big wine uh, wine and beer shop. Okay. Uh, I think that there are some in the Valley. And like, you know, th- that's they have like that one place sells at one place in Los Angeles. Yeah. And they're like, man, they sold out. And I was like, no, they fucking didn't. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just so, it's very strange, but. It's like sneakers. Yeah. It's like, the ex- oh, for sure. it's like sneaker heads. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, the, uh, but less healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Less expensive. Probably less expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although the, there are beers that go for thousands of dollars now. Really? For sure. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had this beer uh, on our show maybe a month ago that Mike co-host just uh uh posted a picture that it sold for fifteen hundred dollars jeez yeah and part of a bottle of beer yeah one bottle of beer (laughs) it's nuts it's like wine it is like wine yeah yeah no idea and this well this particular bottle of beer is uh it was called a uh, lambic Mm -hmm. and lambics are uh from europe and so they are treated more so like wine for sure yeah uh so it's it's an interesting thing it's i like beer because it's uh more accessible and less condescending and patronizing than maybe some wine communities. But also I don't wine is just more uh, price uh, and like cost prohibitive. Yeah. Wine's a weird one. Like I love, have you seen the documentary Somme? Yeah. Where it's all about the guys who passed the master sommelier test. Mm -hmm. And the thing that bothers me about it is like there's this final test where they have to try six reds and six whites and identify like region, vintage, year, mm-hmm. what, you know, like climate, humidity, and they don't tell you the results. So I'm mm. like, I think it might all be bullshit. Like right. they don't tell you how many they got right. So it's like, interesting. is it possible to know all these things or is like, you know, they've done these double blind studies where they give people Trader Joe's wine right. and say it's and they put it in a really nice bottle and they're like, oh, this is like, you know, probably a three hundred dollar bottle. And it's like, I don't know if anyone knows what they're talking about no. or if it's all just like this psychological game. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like if you put in like uh, grape juice with like, you know, I don't know, nuclear waste in it, <laughs> like there's one that's like clearly bad. Yeah. And then one that's middle of the road. You would be able to tell the yeah, difference, right? Yeah, I guess right? that's true. And so, it, it, but there are, uh, to borrow our econ uh, term, diminishing returns. Diminishing returns. On once something is like good, yeah, it, I think it just becomes matter of preference. Yeah. And but to be able to really tell, like hearing some of the descriptors, like oh, I'm getting a charcoal fusel yeah. ethanol thing yeah, yeah but also freshly cut grass right an old catcher's mint i'm like what well, i don't know if i want to drink that yeah exactly <laughs> and i'm just like fuck like i i maybe i i i don't think you're lying to my face yeah. you know <laughs> like, and at that point i think it just becomes like a prestige thing like totally. i can afford this i know about this but i mean my dad's really into wine he collects wine he 
has some really great wines. And when I try the wines, he's like, this is a really good bottle. I'm like, I, I can see the merit. But it seems like our generation doesn't really give a shit. Like, I don't know a ton of my friends who go out and like really look at the wine list. No. Like, you know, they may know that they like a Malbec or whatever, but I think more often it's beer. We, yeah, we're, we're beer drinkers. And I, I think, I think it definitely is. And partially, I think that there is an macro trend of, you know, people kind of, uh, you know, moving back into cities mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, what cities provide are essentially, you know, there are more craft breweries, regional yeah, craft yeah. breweries. And I think that it, it can become a little bit tribal and like you're lucky if you live within, you know, a driving range of a good craft brewery because it's just a fun place to be. You right. know, it's like the when the beer is good and like it's just like provides a sense of community um and it doesn't feel like this you know like wine or something like that is sort of like condescending to it's fun to be around and i think that's maybe uh the entry point for people to get really into craft beer probably step number one is living close to a really yeah, good craft it's a real brewery. connection it's right. local as opposed to a wine that comes from france that you have no yeah, geographical exactly. connection yeah. to you know if you live in napa that's one thing or if there's a a vineyard near you you can go out and spend the day at the vineyard and mm-hmm. you know taste everything that's nice but yeah I, you can go downtown and there's like what four four For breweries sure. down there they're yeah. all over la and it's it's just nice it's mm-hmm. nice to have that like i think people are trying to you know the whole like local farm to table it's it's all very similar yeah know? definitely and i think uh you know it is a it, it's just it's just nice i mean i can't think of it, really any other product that i have in my life it's not like you know my iphone i really like appreciate my buddies who made it yeah and this other thing so you know and i think as human beings, it's kind of what we all look are striving for at the end of the day. It's like, you know, you want to be that regular at a bar and have a, like a warm feeling when you walk into a place without, you know, being an alcoholic and stuff like right. that. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I have a couple places in town, like there's a brewery here called Highland Park, mm-hmm. Highland Park Brewery. There's, yeah. uh, but it's strange because there's Highland Park Brewery, but it's in Chinatown. There are two locations now, but the main one is now in Chinatown. Okay. Uh, and that one's awesome. Yeah. It's like just really good. And like every single time I go there, it's just like I can hear the cheer song playing in the back yeah. of my head. And like, Well, because it's so easy nowadays with yeah. Postmates and Amazon Prime and, you know, way like you can literally go days without talking to a person or seeing yeah. a person, you know, hide behind your door while they the person del- delivers your groceries. Yeah. And it's uh. It's easy. People are getting lonely. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was. Uh, I. I saw a study or something about how uh, being alone is way more detrimental to your health. Yeah. Than even like smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah, I think I saw something similar. It's like loneliness is the new. Like it was. What is it? Like smoking was now sitting, and now it's like yeah. being lonely. Yeah. So, yeah, having some sort of connectivity. Uh, and it's cool to find that through beer. And so was beer like your thing? No. Yeah. So getting into this, I didn't give a shit about it at all. <laughs> and, and and it's not that I disliked it or I was like, like screw this community, yeah. like this thing. I just didn't care. And so I had through comedy, I met a friend of mine uh, that, you know, was also doing comedy. We're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually you know, he left the group and we started having conversations like, well, let's continue working together. Let's start a podcast. Yeah. And it naturally came through that. 
And yeah, I mean, like it it is partially getting back to the comedy and that, you know, what is has been great about that is that it does build out your network. Yep. And, you know, you're kind of forced to meet all these different people. And naturally, you find out who you actually want to work with. Right. You know what I mean? And because, you know, being in Los Angeles and going out on all these auditions, you know, you are subject to a lot of just like capriciousness. You know, like mm-hmm. there are people just like, oh, I don't like his nose or whatever, yeah. you know, but you get to decide who you work with. Right. And that's what I really love about it. And like, you know, that's. How, why it's been going on for so long and i think that's what makes why i like my podcast is that like we could be talking about anything else we could it could be like a professional you know synchronized uh i don't know rafting boat that's like a real thing i saw <laughs> that could, I'm, it's probably is yeah, yeah. something like that <laughs> it, but you know as long as like we're i'm having fun with like my yeah. co-hosts it's you know i i don't really care what it's about yeah but there's some agency there where you're Mm -hmm. in control you have ownership of what you're creating and the fact that it's not up to anyone else to decide whether this pot like i'm gonna release this tomorrow on thursday and like no one's gonna tell me no no one's gonna tell me yes whereas like you know we saw each other in an audition yesterday Mm -hmm. and you told a funny story where (laughs) i think you booked my job oh dude yeah yeah so you I'll don't have to give it. like names or casting directors names or but like give a quick quick brick to another that. Oh, uh, I straight up will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, we haven't even talked about this. We have very similar names. Soup, like as close as you can get. I think we are two letters off. Yeah. Because yeah. Michael Gable, Michael Gabriel. Yeah, it's just an R and an I. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the very first time that we met, I was it was at an audition, and I was like. Who signed me in already? Yeah, because I've signed in like below you yeah. several because we yeah. look pretty similar. So we go out for the same stuff, and I'm like, and they'll they'll confuse us too. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're very <laughs> so that's step number one. That's okay. what led me to believe. I was like, yeah, oh, something's dry. So which I also going, just goes to show how interchangeable, totally. even to your name in this town. Like you're not totally, special. Totally, you are not yeah. special. <laughs> um, I uh, so I go out for this uh commercial for uh steinmart yeah and it's at this casting agency uh that it's in the it's non it's non-union commercial but it's in the sag building Mm -hmm. so it's like uh insult to injury it's just like you're already yeah like somehow like you're in the place where like you kind of like know you want to be yeah but like they're just holding these like shitty non-union commercials there whatever basically it takes forever to do these auditions so i'm running late as I always am, <laughs> and I find uh, a meter that's like thirty minute parking. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. Uh, you know, maybe they're better today. They're at not that, at that casting office. Thirty minutes is not going to cut no. it. No. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm waiting there for thirty minutes. I'm like, shit. I go back down, pay my meter again. Yeah. The another thirty minute minutes like comes and goes. I'm just like, fuck this. Like I'm going home, and I just don't audition for this spot. Two days later, I get an email saying, you got a call back. And I was like, huh, that's funny because I didn't audition <laughs> I didn't for it. go in for but, it. All right. Well, you, you signed in. I signed in. Which I don't think really matters. Like, they probably don't look through that. Yeah. Because they didn't put I your name I, into the computer. I, I crossed my name off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. So I, but I left and I told my agent initially that I was going to be there. Yeah. Um, and so for the callback, I was like, someone fucked up. So yeah. I didn't go. <laughs> 
Two days later, I get a call from my agent. It's like, Michael, we booked it. I was like, booked what? (laughs) I was like, Steinmark. Good job, buddy. I was like, oh, uh, that's that's so interesting. I I didn't really feel like I was right for the part. It's like, sometimes you win Because I wasn't there. (laughs) Right. But that's the thing. I didn't tell my agent that I didn't go. Well, you're probably like, maybe they just wanted me off my headshot or they've seen me before. I guess so. I guess so. But immediately, I was like, someone fucked up yeah and i immediately was just like probably was like michael gable that book yeah it. yeah so i saw you at this casting yesterday for yeah. similar thing where it's you know we look similar so at the same casting and you're like i think i booked this steinmark commercial that was yours and in my head i'm like have i auditioned for steinmark i have no idea yeah. um and i'm able to look at my phone and i just type in steinmark into my gmail and it's like oh yeah i had a steinmark casting at that casting office uh. so like <laughs> Whatever. But like the cool thing about it was my first thought wasn't like, fuck, like he got yeah. my money. Yeah. And like, you know, thank God it wasn't a national that I might have been a little more right. upset. Sure, sure, sure. But um, like I just my thought was like, cool, you yeah. got the job. Yeah. And that, like, you know, was I was talking to Chris Reed a couple episodes ago where he's like, I don't get upset when I don't book work because it just means I was meant to do something else. Sure. And like you were meant to get that. Maybe you needed to pay rent. Maybe your dog needed to be groomed, you know. Right. Your, your lovely dog is sitting on your lap right now. Yeah. But like I was kind of proud of myself that I – it was just like a funny story to me. Yeah. I wasn't like – I didn't get mad at you. We just like laughed about it then started talking about podcasts and now we're here. Dude, I, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. And like the entire time like <clears throat> I was like – I didn't know what to do. And I mean, that is such a specific thing. Like sometimes when you go out for a spot and like you see a friend that's also at the callback, uh, I've never felt upset when like, uh, I I take that back. I have felt upset. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but I think that was when I first started going out for stuff. It's like if, if one of your friends books a job, that's fucking great. Yeah, because it's so great, you know, because like it, you know, you were probably never going to do it. Like I've I now never really feel that competitive with other actors because it is this uh, it's more like a solo performative thing. I Mm -hmm. think like you can control how well that you do in the room, but you can't control the shape of your face or, you know, what you look like or stuff like that. It goes back to that interchangeability. Like I could like. they make commercials to be this really big deal, but I could go get you a guy off the street, For drop sure. him onto set, and they'd be like, um, can you open this car door? And it's yeah. like, he's not going to fuck it up, but like, there's a lot of money on the line, so they have to have callbacks, and yes. they have to make a big deal of it. And the director does have a vision, and they want it to look a certain way, and it makes it more fun. But there is that interchangeability. Like, So we were... The audition we were at yesterday was a callback for mm-hmm. a big one. Uh, so let's test ourselves. Did you have you heard anything about that one? No. Me either. And, <laughs> and also, I got... Uh, I got someone fucked me up so bad uh, because number one, I like knowing probably as little as possible yeah. for these things, and so going into it, um, I, what we heard was basically like it's this product, and like we are playing parents, and like we're watching uh, like a race happen. Yeah, our kids that's in a race. Yeah. Our kids, and that's all I knew. And I thought it was like, oh, this sounds funny. Yeah, that sounds like a good spot. And so the first time I was like, yeah, let's go, whatever, you know, just, you know, like putting a little bit of ham on it, you know? And so for this last one, uh, one of the actors is just like, right before we do the take and the actor was like, so are are we still watching our special needs children uh, run? And I was like, huh? (laughs) What? 
And so like immediately I'm just like, great. Well, I've got like my kid has is special now. Yeah. So like you that, have a little different tone. About it just it. threw me off. Like, you know, just ever so slightly. So I'm not expecting yeah. anything from that one. Yeah. It just changed. You know what I mean? Like, it's so like, I don't know. All you can really do and probably any any audition, whether it's for a commercial or for an actual TV show, movie, whatever the fuck, it's like you have to kind of predict what they want, mm-hmm. you know, what they are looking for. And, you know, just changing your <clears throat> changing yourself ever so slightly. Yeah, for wardrobe, that. just the way you carry yourself. <clears throat> right. Not like because obviously you have to present the best version of yourself because yeah. that's the only like you can't pretend to be someone else like we kind of mentioned earlier what real acting is but i think it's just mostly projecting the part of yourself that they are yeah. most looking for right yeah. <clears throat> so if you're sort of like naturally kind of nerdy and they want a nerdy thing it's like put on your bigger glasses yeah. and like you know Button dress your shirt all the way a little goofier yeah. whatever you know if you're a, a trying to be a parent you know it's just like you know just kind of be a little bit tired or yeah <laughs> like, yeah i don't know what being a parent necessarily looks like but that's been be a little bit tired that's, yeah. that's about right um uh, but yeah I, I get what you're saying like and after having done this for years and years and years you kind of you stop thinking like i used to go into auditions being like literally no one could book this but me like this is mm-hmm. this is made for me they want a rock climber with this level of hair and scruff and then you walk into the room the waiting room and it's they're all you oh yeah and so like to to allow yourself to just be like okay it's fine like i can do my best but like i'm interchangeable this isn't i'm not the most special person in the room that can only book this so you know if if we sat down yesterday and you were like oh dude like guess what i just like uh got an art show and mm-hmm. guess what i'm doing like i i'm doing these portraits of serial killers made out of mm-hmm. cereal that would have fucking crushed me because that's what i right, do right. and that's like something that I don't know. I think it's like Gary Vee or one of those motivational guys. He's uh-huh. like, find the thing that only you can do yeah. and work on that. Totally. So, yeah. So, you know, we can do auditions and like, yeah, we can be interchangeable, but like you with your beer podcast yes. or, or with, uh, you know, your character work and directing shows, like those are the things that you should be precious about. Totally. And finding, finding the difference between the things that are, you can be, should be precious about and should be protective of and the things that you need to let go of is, Something that takes, I don't know, seven years to figure out this town. For sure. You know? Yeah, he, um, that dude, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, he's a wine guy. Yeah. And and now he's essentially just like a social media, like marketing mogul type guy. I don't really like, yeah, he's has this weird quasi, like, I don't know if he's like, I think he's smart, but I don't really know what he sells or whatever he does. Whatever. The point is, he has something that I, I like that he was talking about. It's like, off of that, it's just like work on what you're already good at. Yeah. Like don't fixate on like, oh, I need to fix being better at, you know, my time management or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, focus on what you're already good at because like that's what's going to make you special. That's like that yeah. one, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, I think being in business or being an entrepreneur is very similar to being an entertainer or a creative type mm-hmm. where it's just like, you have to have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You know, and I know that it is people talk about like, oh, don't do that. But, you know, who is saying that? I think that those are the people that, you know, make the more 
stable life decisions and are yeah. like, you know, the accountants and like and the lawyers of the world, the people that couldn't put up with doing it. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but you know, it's like you have to believe in the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's scary as fuck. So yeah. But, but what's the alternative? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you have know, to find that thing that you, you care about. That's like, you know, you can't be too precious about it. There's the whole like kill your darlings mm-hmm. thing, but you do have to find the thing that like, you know, this goes back to the episode I had with Joe Carden about yeah. like the war of art, find the thing that like you have to give to the world. And I was thinking about like what my reaction when, when you told me, I think I booked your job, how yeah. I was like, you know, I was proud of myself that my reaction wasn't like, damn it. I didn't get the money. Yeah. It was just like, Oh cool. That's fine. Yeah. And it reminded me of, my final project for my i was a studio art major in yeah. college and my final project for my my uh my thesis class was this huge sculpture i had created and you know i was not a great student in college uh-huh. like i had you know i would have like a, a paper get deleted and my first thought was like oh i'm gonna fail or like i would forget to study for a test or not study enough and it was yeah. always like i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail and so i had i had built this this huge project based on like the architectural model of like of chairs because i was really into chairs Mm because it's the smallest version of architecture that can hold a human body and yeah i spent all this time working on this this sculpture i was so proud of it and my professor walked into the room in the morning to come review it and as he walked up to the piece the door closed behind him and the entire piece collapsed oh my god (laughs) and my first thought wasn't like Oh my God, I'm going to fail college. Like Uh this is my, like if I don't pass this class, I do not graduate. Yeah. My first thought was like this thing I care about so much just fell apart. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, art is so important to me. Yeah. And that's, that's what you got to find that feeling where it's not about anything. It's not about the money. It's not about the returns. It's not about what other people think about. It's like, what do you care? Like, what's your baby? Totally. Find your baby. And then you can do other things where it's like you can make your money on the side. You can do other totally. things. But like, what, like, what is so precious to you that it like breaks your heart to 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 think that it won't get put into the world? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you know there is this uh, f- finding what that is is so important so important and i i like i had a tough time finding out what that was for a long time and and i still don't know exactly what it is but you know i think it's the thing is too i don't think it is it's never a thing it's like you know i i think that what a lot of people don't consider is like maybe what you want and where you want to go is more so like a compass you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like it's like you have to be continuously heading in one direction but it's there's no one product no one thing that like you hit and you're finally done it's always evolving yeah yeah and you know that's kind of what that's kind of what fucked me up initially you know like getting into college like you know forever like getting into yale and like a big school is like once i do that all, all set, baby. Oh, that's what I thought. I was like, I'll get into Dartmouth, and then I'm good. And then I got there and realized that everyone else was like, well, I'm working on getting into med school. I was like, I was like, but we're here. Like, yeah, we're good. And then, yeah. and then I kind of like floated, and it took me you know, a long time to figure out. Until that moment, five years down the road, yeah. when my sculpture collapsed, and I was like, oh, I care about art. Exactly. And that, you know, 
yeah, you have to use that compass to somehow navigate towards it. And so, you know, that's still the, that's still the move. I mean, I I think that is um, finding out that and just like, and then, you know, getting used to the instability. I mean, it's like, it's, it's still hard. I mean, like, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm now at this point where I used to think it was like, oh, if only I got like a normal job, life would be easier. Probably not. No, like, I think you'd be struggling to look at yourself in the mirror every morning. Totally. But yeah. and, and it's not even that. Like, I don't even think it is this uh, comparison thing. It's like, oh, there's other people back in Ohio. Like, you know, it's so much easier for them. They have their own shit, too. Yeah. Everyone has problems. And, like, you know, no one out here is special lure than i think all people have base special we're all a little special but you know it it is what it is like i think it's just finding you know you still have the thing that you want to work towards Mm -hmm. and like you know i want people to say that like oh like you're a fucking genius and you congrats and here are all these awards like that sounds cool eventually sure i'm not working because of that but you know, I think that the only way to get to that place is to do the only the thing that only you can provide, you yeah. know, because otherwise you're going to be fighting in the middle of the pack for this little recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been one of the things the uh, personal projects I'm working on is just like being more, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, spiritual or just whatever, is just like being more zen about shit and yeah. like, you know, really not feeling uh, animosity towards other people that is just going to hold you back. I mean, like, you know, I like the idea of just like being truly appreciative of as many things as possible mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. There's you a know? ton of things to be appreciative of and there's also a ton of things to be upset about. Yeah. As I was driving over here, I spilled coffee on my shirt and I was just like, well, fuck this day. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't care. Like, Michael's not going to give a shit if I walk in with coffee on my shirt. And then I was like, oh, I have like a wet wipe in the car. Like, I can get most of it off. And yeah. like, I just chose to be like, it's fucking fine. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to an audition. And even if I was, it'd be funny to have coffee on my shirt. Yeah. Maybe I'm playing a dad who's like, ah, fuck me. It's like, you know. Yeah. You know, so there's just like, you got to spin it because. There's there's that quote, like, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, everything happens. Find the reason. Yeah. And if you want to have a a reason to be upset, you can find that reason. Or if you want to find a reason to find some room for growth or alter your course in a way that was unexpected, but maybe more positive, Mm -hmm. you can find that reason too. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I believe in, like, God's plan or the universe's plan or any Mm -hmm. of that, but, like, make your own plan. And you can adjust. Yeah. I mean, you're anyone's allowed to believe in whatever the heck that they want. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think that finding what we all have in common is the m- most important thing that you can do. Yeah. And and honestly, like, you know, I've been a person that, you know, for a long time was not into I don't know, and I'm still not into like, you know, new agey. Like I was like, oh, like, uh, uh. <laughs> crystal cleanses whatever the oh, fuck yeah, sure. i don't know they're they're uh, again if you're into that do you uh but placebos work man for sure <laughs> but i do feel like happiness is this like you know is a, a real quantifiable thing that like 
you should uh, search out for, you know? Yeah. And I think that I coming from, I don't know, maybe it's coming from the Midwest or maybe just growing up, like, you know, the Irish Catholic thing of like stoicism and whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like you don't put a lot of stock into that thing. But, you know, as I've gotten older, it's like it is a thing that you should search out and like you should try to provide a framework in your life to do that thing. And, you know, it all feeds back into this. Like we're doing this because you know in this career path because it inevitably like ultimately does make us happy doing the thing that we are good at and it fulfills you that's what fulfills you the most and you know you have to you have to set yourself up to be the most stable mentally and emotionally while you pursue that thing that is not gonna just uh, show up on your doorstep you know you've been here for going on eight years me Mm -hmm. too and we're just now figuring out how to deal with rejection how to move towards the things we like and you know, I I try to do a lot of self-care. I try to take care of my body. I try to take care of my mind. I've started, recently started going to just like proactive talk therapy because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I spend this much money a month on a gym membership and eating healthy. Like I should probably be spending some money on like just my brain. For sure. Because my brain plays tricks on me and yeah. I'm not always happy. And I can't let myself spiral in a, you know, in a city where you're kind of on your own. You know, you can have yeah. your partners and your friends, but at the end of the day, like you're alone in your brain. Yeah. And you got to make that a happy place. For sure. And it's not easy, but working on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, I, again, there are, luckily now there is a good conversation about mental health yeah. and all this stuff. And that for sure, I did not come from a family where, you know, people go to therapy and all yeah. this stuff. And, uh, you know, but it, it is, I think, uh, even if you come at it from this uh, sort of like really pragmatic Midwestern thing, mm-hmm. you know, if you are not working on your mental health and all that stuff, you're fucking yourself up down the road, too. Oh, yeah. you know, and so I think that is, you know, pick whatever justifiable reason that you need to have to do it. Yeah. Like it can be about the thing or just like, oh, like my, my shaman told me that I should check him out. Yeah. Like that's sick. Or if it is a thing or just like, well, if I don't care, take care about this now, it's going to affect me later down the road. Mm-hmm. Just as, you know, like if you eat like shit and don't work out, you know, you're going to have health issues as well. It's They're all very similar. And yeah. I think the difference is maybe like, you know, just believing that knowing that like it is a real thing so it's a real thing and like the more proactive i mean if you can be proactive great if you can deal with things as they pop up great Mm -hmm. but if you repress it and you white knuckle it and you think about all like the you know the greatest generation who went to war and then just fucking white knuckled their ptsd and then you know irish catholic same as me like they're all fucking alcoholics who like end up abusing themselves or someone else and like you know not everyone does that but like it it doesn't if there's no outlet it's going to find a way out that's yeah. not healthy. So, you know, being creative, finding something fulfills you is one thing, but then just managing all the other stuff that's bubbling under the surface is totally just as important. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting how similar our names and <laughs> right. are. Um, it's It's been great talking. Did you have any last bits of advice for, you know, like I said, the artist models who listen to this, yeah. just people who are interested sure. in life? And I mean... Uh, no, I mean, I would say that any success that I have had has in some part been due to finding other people that I like working with. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I would say that if for anyone that is 
interested in doing, you know, uh, working towards something, you know, whatever it is, you know, it could be, you know, being the best ceramic maker in the world. Just take a class. You know, I think that, yeah. you know, especially even now, like I do feel uh, I do experience pride and this thing where like I don't want to put myself in like a lower status position of just like learning and stuff. But, you know, I'm working on uh, a project now that uh, it's like probably the biggest thing that I've ever tried to undertake, like shooting, making a movie. Yeah. And, you know, I've been taking a lot of meetings with with, with people that like you know through a different lens maybe don't you know we're on different levels but like just go out there put yourself out there try to learn as much as you can make friends yeah. and uh do it that's the only way to do it yeah i mean like that your kind of analogy of the compass like you got to move around to figure out where that compass is pointing and like totally try a ceramics class maybe yeah. maybe you'll find your passion there sure uh but like yeah you gotta you gotta move around and you gotta give yourself a little wiggle room like you know you did improv it wasn't for you ended up in sketch and now mm-hmm. You're kicking ass. Thank you. I appreciate so, uh, that. Yeah, everyone should check out your podcast, Malt Couture. Yeah. Super funny. And you guys do live shows. Yeah, we do live shows. Uh, our next show, I think, is in uh, it's in January uh, up in, uh, we're doing San Francisco Sketch Fest. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Good then we're going to be in Florida like the week after that. Wow. And uh, we're actually doing a show in uh, St. Louis as, as well. That's where I'm from. Uh, yeah. We're going to be in, uh, uh, there's a, brewery called side project okay i don't know if you've heard of them it's probably new yeah yeah it's pretty new and uh so yeah it's uh it's fun i mean if you are interested at all in craft beer check it out and uh and just i think stick with it i mean a little bit i mean i think yet there is a, a new vocabulary that you kind of have to yeah just like buy into and pick it up but you know the goal is just to make it entertaining. It's definitely entertaining. I was listening to it at the gym yesterday and I was laughing out loud on the treadmill, which is a good sign of any yeah. podcast when I'm laughing out loud in public. That's great. So uh, you guys are killing it. Congrats on everything. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me over. Thanks for talking to of me. Of course, and, yeah. Thanks um, for having me on. We'll have to drink a beer soon. For sure. All right. Well, what, we got, what time is it now? We can do a start, <laughs> what, it's like 11? Breakfast beers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, thanks again, man. Yeah, man. All right, bye, kids. Bye. Bye.